Welcome back to more Money Minutes for Doctors, episode number seven. Today, we're going to be talking about how doctors can pinch pennies or save more money. Catherine Dessen is here. I am your host. I'm also the CEO and founder of MD Financial Advisors. And you know, it's getting close to the end of the year, and we want to take time to reflect on what we've done over the last year and what we can do better next year. So one of the most common New Year's resolutions for doctors is how can they save more money? In many cases, how can they save a lot more? So whether that's for a big trip, education, paying off debt, retirement, or maybe just saving more money in general, we're gonna cover some of the best things I've learned in my life about how to save a little extra this upcoming year. Now, if you've got further questions or if there's something you'd like us to cover in the future, please reach out to us at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media, also at MD Financial Advisors, so you don't miss an episode. Now, I know saving money can feel absolutely impossible for doctors who've got student loans, credit card debts, car payments, mortgages, family expenses, costs educating their kids, and much more. And all of that eats away at your disposable income every single month. So here are seven tips you can use to save up for whatever it is that's the most important to you. Number one, prioritize. I think it's important to write down the top financial things that are most important to you. And the reason is very simple. If you don't keep these in the front most of your mind, you're going to end up buying every shiny object that's out there. And at the end of the day, the things that are most important to you won't get funded. So, you know, it's really easy in the moment to book that trip to Tahiti, but when it comes down to it, you might find getting your student debt paid off is a much higher priority. Or maybe it's making sure your kids get into private school. So look at this list a lot because it reminds you that you need to make decisions that are in line with your true values. So keep this list in mind at all times, and it helps you overcome that instant gratification. So within the last year, I've had not one, but two clients who wanted to buy their second $1.2 million house. Now they already had a 1.2 million, they wanted to buy another one, a vacation place that's 1.2 million. Now, don't get me wrong, I want them to have these fabulous homes. You've worked hard for your money. I wanna make sure that you get to enjoy it. But in each of these cases, they had not fully invested enough to save for their children's college, and they hadn't saved enough for retirement. They were going to run out of money in retirement. To me, there's trade-offs in everything that we do, but it's an important thing to think about. Now, if that house was more important than putting their kids to school, then I'm supporting that decision 100%. My point was, it's just very important to make these choices in line with your values. All right, number two. We want to create a budget and stick to it. Now, I'll be frank, out of our more than 500 clients, I can only think of one who actually tracks his money religiously every single month on his own spreadsheet. One. And he's so brilliant at it that I was looking at his spreadsheet and I go, hmm, what was that $9 that you spent last May? He goes, oh, that was a parking fine. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. I love this so much. But I'll be frank. I don't track my own spending to that level every month. And for most clients, it's a bit over the top. But I want to talk about how we can make this work for you. So when we go back to my 
idea number one, which is prioritize. Let's start with that list, the things that are very important to you, whether it's saving for kids' college, getting out of debt, getting ready to retire, whatever that is, because we want to make sure that these are funded first. And in fact, for most of my clients, I recommend that they just take that money out at the first of the month. It disappears from the checking account and you don't even miss it because it was never really there. It immediately goes into your savings and investment account. So once we know what's really important to you, we can budget for putting things in your brokerage accounts. Maybe you want to save up for a backdoor Roth IRA or 529 plans, uh, education funds, whatever it is. Now, once we've got your main things that are really important to you taken care of, let's go through and look at other monthly expenses. These can be things like your student loan debts, home payments. I call these fixed expenses. These are the same every single month. You can't really change what they are. And the fixed expenses like insurance premiums need to go into your budget once again, because we can't really change those. Yes, you could refinance your home mortgage, but it takes a lot of effort. So now that we know what your fixed expenses are, then let's look at the flexible spending items. This is where clients get into a lot of trouble. It's true your car payments are going to be a fixed expense, but other transportation costs like maybe taking a trip are going to be in the flexible spending category. What's cool about flexible spending is you've got control here, right? Because it's flexible. Other items in flexible might be groceries, eating out, concerts, buying clothes, uh, gifts, any of these things are very flexible. And once again, I want you to think that you've got control over those items. Now, once we put in your things that are most important to you, we take out the fixed expenses, we have some flexible expenses, let's hope we've got some money left over. Now, if you're one of our current clients, you know that we've been through this exercise with you in the past. If you wanna take a look at your old budget, let us know and I'll be happy to either email it to you or put it in the vault in your private website. Um, if you're not one of our clients, we'd be happy to share our budgeting template with you if you find it would be helpful for you to get a handle on what you're actually spending every month. I'm amazed at how this exercise really helps doctors. I've had doctors making $400,000, $500,000 a year and not have any idea where it's going. And just last week, I'm talking to an anesthesiologist who had his salary cut back to 375,000. And he's really worried because there's not gonna be enough money to go around. So going through this budgeting exercise is very helpful. I also find it's helpful to do this with a third party um, because I'm kind of like the new, neutral arbitrator in this. I don't believe in shaking my finger and, and saying naughty, naughty. Um, but very often when clients have a third party there, they can look at this budget themselves and the light bulbs go off. They go, oh my gosh, I'm spending way too much money on fill in the blanks. And the common areas that they find that they're spending too much money on are trips, vacations, um, and e eating out. And um, sometimes it's the second home and very, very rarely is it the clothing budget. For some reason, most of our doctors are not into clothes. So doing this little exercise is fantastic because it always helps you find the gaps or the slippage, what I call where the money is slipping through your fingers. We wanna make sure that it doesn't slip. Uh, by the way, there was a recent study that found for clients who actually tracked their spending or looked at it every month, they actually spent 17% less. 
Now, if you start doing that over a year, that is thousands and thousands of dollars for most of our clients. All right, let's move on to tip number three. I find money smart doctors limit the amount they're spending in restaurants or takeout. Now, yes, for some of our clients, this is their form of entertainment. They really love it. But of course, during COVID, let's face it, we're not going to many restaurants in most states. And yes, I have seen doctors spend over 2000 a month just on restaurants and eating out. Once again, if that's something that's very important to them, that's high on their priority list, I don't have any problems with that. But if they're Number one goal is to put their kids through college and they haven't funded that, but they're still spending $2,000 a month eating out in restaurants, then maybe we should look at the priorities again. Now, I want to tell you how we got this number down in our household. So it's, some years ago, my husband was diagnosed with a very, very ser serious uh, gastrointestinal illness. And he found that certain foods actually made it horrifically worse. And so we were on a very intense food program for him. It went way beyond gluten. We, he couldn't eat any grains and there was a whole long list of things that he couldn't eat. Interestingly enough, on this food plan, his health completely turned around and he's very, very healthy today. But we had to be obsessive when we were at restaurants. And I found it was very hard uh, to be able to get things that weren't on his food list because the food list was so intensive. And a lot of restaurants didn't want to go to the trouble of fixing his meals in a certain container separate from everybody else's to make sure there was no food con contamination. So the net result of this was we ended up eating almost all of our meals at home. And I found I really loved it. I knew that the ingredients were really healthy. Um, I was making sure that he wasn't contaminated, his health improved. And of course, the food budget for eating out went way, way, way down. So some of the things to think about, once again, COVID has helped us all get away from our restaurant addiction and spend more time cooking at home, healthier and cheaper. Um, the next thing I do is I bring my own lunch. And I've been doing this actually since I worked in a radiology department to put myself through law school. So every day I pack up my lunch. Sometimes I actually bring in my whole lunch for the, for the week. Uh, I Once again, I eat very clean, very healthy food. It's right here. I don't have to drive to a restaurant. I'm saving all that time and I'm saving a lot of money. As I mentioned before, we make all of our own food from scratch. Uh, it's, just, it's just healthier. Now, we do a lot of meal prep on weekends. That's how I make this not only cheaper, but also more efficient. Um, I literally make uh, two dinners for the week and then we eat them like two or three times. Um, by the way, it doesn't bother me to have the same thing two or three times in one week. And I make all my lunches for the week, I measure them out. It's really good for my diet. And then it's all done. Yeah, it may take me an hour or two on the weekends, but I save so much time during the week that it's really, really worth it. So frankly, I would rather eat dinner at home in 30 minutes than spend an hour and a half at a restaurant waiting to be served, driving to and from a restaurant. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, we do do we go to restaurants. We tend to save them for trips though, when we're out and about and we're on vacation and that's when we really enjoy going to restaurants. So I would have you bring your own lunch to work, consider that, or maybe even having your kids bring a bag of lunch to school. And I would probably, if you can, limit eating out to maybe once a month or special occasions, birthdays, anniversaries, that kind of thing. So it's really very special for you. Now, there's a couple things we do do in order to keep the bill down when we're eating out. So we rarely ever order wine, never cocktails, 
uh, and, and uh, when we're eating in a restaurant these days, you know, are very, very high priced items and it's where the restaurants make a lot of their profits. We don't even order sodas when we're there. We just go with water. We also skip appetizers. We just work on the main dish and very frequently we'll take half of that main dish home and have it for lunch the next day. And once again, we skip desserts in restaurants, uh, high cost item, not just in calories, but all, also in dollars. So try to, uh, using some takeout instead of dining out. I think takeout is a little bit cheaper and it uh, saves on parking and other things. So the lesson learned here is watch restaurant spending because it can really add up in a hurry. Tip number four, I think you can be both economical and ecological. So in this case, I like to buy used or recycled items whenever I can. So many, many years ago, when our children were quite small, my husband lost his job around Christmas time. It was pretty devastating because we really had to cut back. So all of the children's Christmas gifts, I bought at Goodwill. And I distinctly remember getting him these fabulous Izod shirts, which would have been very, very expensive if we bought them new. But of course, they were literally at the time about 25 cents. Yes, I know. It's been a few years. And the great thing is our kids had absolutely no idea they were getting these designer clothes secondhand. And when it comes to myself, I rarely ever buy new clothes. If I do, they are almost always on sale. But I much prefer to shop at consignment shops or secondhand stores. So it's fun for me, too, because I not only feel like I'm doing something that's good for my budget, I'm doing something that's good for the environment. Because we give these clothes a, a second wind and they're not ending up in landfills. So a few years back, we actually opened up an office and we furnished most of my apartment with secondhand furniture. So I believe don't buy new if secondhand will do. And we have a lot of doctors who are out there buying their first homes and they're thinking, oh, I have to have some brand new furniture to go in this brand new home. Well, maybe not. Um, once again, try these consignment stores. It's amazing what you can get there very, very inexpensively and furnish your house and maybe that's good for a couple of years until you can save up and then buy the really expensive stuff that you want. So my lesson here is buying used can often reduce your cost by 50%, 70%, 80 or even more. Lesson number five, pay off your credit cards immediately. Never, ever carry a credit card balance. So once again, I learned this lesson the hard way. My husband, who's a bit of a tech geek, he would like to put everything he could on the credit card because, of course, then he could use those points to buy and feed his tech habit. So I pay the bills in our household, and um, I paid off that credit card every single month religiously, never carried a balance. And then one day I'm peering in this a little bit more closely, and I noticed much to my surprise that there was actually some charges on this bill. And it wasn't the charges for the items because I'd pay them off, it was an interest. And when I looked more closely, they were not charging interest at the end of the month, which I thought they had, they were actually charging it from the date of purchase. This was huge because if I bought something and say the 15th of the month, and even though I paid the bill off by the end of the month, they were still charging me interest for 15 days. I'll be frank, this really ticked me off because it was, it was actually adding up. So I, today, first of all, I switched him off of the credit card. And I typically, when I make a big purchase on a credit card, I literally go in on my way home and I transfer money immediately to that credit card. It helps me think about how much is actually in my checking account. And it makes sure that if, that if I happen to have a credit card that changes their policy, 
they're not being they're not charging me from the date of purchase all right so i switched to an amazon credit card which is not only helped with the discounts but i also go in and pay it off as i said at least weekly or after a very big purchase by the way something interesting i learned about the amazon card recently you know how you get the points you can use for other things in the past i've used them for something very frivolous like my pilates machine that normally i wouldn't have spent that much money on but i use the points for uh, but i looked at it recently and i found out you can actually get those points back in cash so if you've been accumulating points on your amazon card and you need some cold hard cash you can reach out to them and have you have them send you the money in the form of a check and once again you can use this to help pay down other bills so in the event that you did get a late fee, you can try calling the credit card company and asking them to waive the fees. Most credit card companies will do this at least one time per client, but you'll never know unless you ask. Tip number six, set up a mad money account. So some of you may know the term mad money. When I was growing up, my mother made sure that I always had a couple of dollars with me when I went on a date. This, okay, this was a long time ago. And the reason was if I got mad at my date, I had some money and a way to get home. So I think it's very interesting though and fun to have a mad money account. We actually have this for each spouse in our household. So my husband has his mad money. I have my mad money. And I never ask him or question what he wants to spend his mad money on. It's whatever he wants. I'll be frank, he mostly spends it on gifts for me, which I think is very endearing. But that way, I don't know how much he actually spent on these gifts. And likewise, I don't have to account to him for my spending in my mad money account. This stops a ton of arguments. So if you're arguing with your spouse about money and what they're spending, consider the mad money account solution. So you might put in 500 a month for each spouse um, or a thousand, really a hundred dollars. If you're a resident and fellow, maybe it's whatever you feel comfortable with. And you can use this for doing all the fun things you want to do. This may be for poker games. It may be for trips. It may be new furniture. And I love this system because budgeting becomes really, really easy. If you want to take that big fancy trip or you want the new furniture, when you've got money in your Mad Money account, great, go for it. If you don't, then wait a month or two until you can build it up and actually have the money there. So you're literally paying for it with cash. By cash, I mean, yes, you're putting on a credit card, but then you're immediately paying it off. So my lesson here is happy marriages, trust me, are built on separate mad money accounts. Now, my last tip, tip number seven. It's really important to save and invest every single month. Probably the most important thing I can get across to my clients is how important it is that they're saving and investing every single month. That's why we're budgeting. And this should be the number one first thing out of your paycheck. Remember, this goes back to our priority list. We want you to pay yourself first. Take the money out first thing, put it into your savings and investment account. And I have found your subconscious miraculously knows that there's not other money in that account so that you can't actually be spending other money in there. Set this up as an automated draft for payday. And that way your money will be leaving your account before you can probably ever even check on it to see that it's there. So saving isn't just about putting away uh, the money away, it's also about adjusting your budget so you never even notice that the money is gone. As I mentioned before, I can only think of one client who is really, really diligent about tracking his spending religiously every month. But most of our clients do take a look at it. 
at least they're using the software so that they have a rough idea of what they're spending and what they're saving. But to be frank, if you're saving first every month, I don't think the rest of the budget matters that much. As long as you've got your savings goals addressed first, somehow the rest of the spending miraculously falls into place. And that way you've got your very high priority expenses covered and you can freely spend your leftover money without worry. If you want to buy that new sofa, great, because you know it's not going to sabotage your kid's college plans. If you want to take that trip to Italy, fantastic, because you know it's not going to jeopardize retirement and you'll still be able to retire. So a couple thoughts in conclusion. A few small adjustments in your spending can have a gigantic impact on your financial future. It literally can make the difference between retiring in time or having to push retirement out a couple of years. It can make the difference between having cash for your kid's college fund or having to take out loans. So a few adjustments today can have a big, big impact later. Make sure your highest priorities are gonna be covered first and then set up a mad money account for the fun items and to save a few arguments with your dearly beloved. Just a reminder, if we've done a budget for you in the past, feel free to reach out. We're happy to send you our most recent copy. So in closing, please follow us on social media and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to our podcast. And if you found this helpful, I'd so appreciate it if you forward it on to your colleagues. Trust me, they need help with this too. Please send us your questions and topics for future issues of our podcast. You know, I'm motivated by the fact that every single day I get into the office and I know I'm helping doctors take the stress out of their lives. I, I'm helping them put their kids through college. I'm helping them live a life without worries about their finances. So this is very, very rewarding to me. I love helping you. If you have questions or topics and I can help you by discussing them on our podcast, I really enjoy doing that. Finally, you can always reach out to us directly for a second opinion on your financial health. And you can do that by emailing us at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. So stay healthy and prosper. <laughs>